The NFL Combine was made for players like C.J. Stroud and Jackson Smith and Jigba as they went off at the event on Saturday afternoon at Lucas Oil Stadium. You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Buckeyes for the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Monday, March 6th in the year 2023, and I want to thank you. For making Lots of Buckeyes, your first listen or first watch of every single day. During this episode, we will discuss what I didn't see happen from Ronnie Hickman and Cam Brown during the NFL Combine. And the Buckeyes try to play spoiler on senior day at Michigan State, but their attempt was unsuccessful. But before we get to any of that, Saturday afternoon, the first players at Ohio State to do on-field drills at the Combine were C.J. Stroud and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Stroud is trying to be QB1. He is among the top two quarterbacks in this year's draft. Stroud is the only one throwing in the event, so the floor was his. Just do your thing and wow everybody there. For Jackson Smith and Jigba, this is the first time anybody in the public, like you and I, have seen him on a football field doing football drills, catching footballs. Since the game against Iowa, after the bye week, yes, the seventh game of the season was the last time any of us saw Jackson Smith and Jigba on a football field. So I was curious to see in Jigba. I know you were curious to see him as well, but also C.J. Stroud. And let me tell you, what we witnessed on Saturday afternoon, these two cats went off. I mean, they went smooth off. Stroud, his throwing, his accuracy was on full display. I saw two, maybe three incompletions, and I believe two of them were drops. One of them was an overthrow. He clearly was an overthrow, and I saw that shortly after the ball left his hand based off the where Stroud's receiver was at that time. I said, oh, that's overthrown. But it wasn't overthrown by five, eight, seven yards. It was literally about a yard away. So it wasn't like Stroud couldn't tweak something just a little bit to complete that pass the next time around. But one of the things I marvel at in this event when Stroud and other quarterbacks are throwing the balls to these, throwing footballs to these receivers, these are guys that they don't play with. Now, yes, Stroud was able to throw the ball to an Jigba a couple times. So, yes, that's a prior connection that was on display at a major pre-draft event. But when it comes to Stroud throwing the ball to different receivers out there, it was like they do this all the time. It was like a simple game of pitch and catch. It was like C.J. Stroud sees you, slant, bam, got it. Whip route, bam, got it. Wheel route, bam, got it. Go route, bam, got it. I mean, it was it was like clockwork, baby. I mean, it was like literal clockwork. I'm like, hey, C.J., go make your money. I like what I see. Now, when it comes to Jackson Smith and Jigba, I've been wanting this man to play the football for quite a long time, but also couple that with, I want him to be healthy. And going into the combine, when I found out he wasn't going to run the 40, said, ooh, maybe he's not healthy. But maybe his agent or whoever is advising him found something good and said, hey, how about we just do X, Y, and Z? Don't do the, don't do the 40. Do all these other things. And then go out there, run the routes, and prove to everybody you're a wide receiver one in this draft. Probably going to be a slot in the NFL. Not a big deal. Still going to make a lot of money. Still going to be a millionaire. Not a big deal with that at all. 
But he was doing some stuff on the outside, and I'm like, oh, goodness. Ooh, 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 that, that boy good. That boy is good. Now, when it comes to some on-field measurable things that he did that were not running the 40, um, the three-cone drill, the 20-yard shuttle, those are two drills that are measurables, that are tests that he can do, that he can stack up against the other guys that are there. And Jigba, his three-cone drill, 6.57 seconds. His 20-yard shuttle, 3.93 seconds. As Ian Rappaport of NFL Network said, elite numbers from Njigba during the combine. That's elite stuff. Now, I saw him do the three-cone drill. And his three-cone drill, uh, the time, 6.57. Let me just tell you, from what I saw, anything, any thought in my head about, oh, maybe he's not healthy. Hey, he looks healthy to me. Even running the routes and even and even doing the things he did on the, uh, in the past catching drills. He looked healthy there. But he put to rest any type of thought about him not being healthy when he ran that three-cone drill because that boy was moving. And these two guys made themselves money on Saturday afternoon. Now, Jigba, the question is, is he only a slot or is he a slot and an outside receiver? Can he play both? For Stroud, I mean, he is an accurate passer. He made all the throws. He looked like the best quarterback there at the NFL Combine. And so he kind of did what he did during the season. He validated the film. When it comes to Ajigba, he validated the film from 2021. The question is his durability. As it stands right now, from my own two eyes, that boy looks healthy. So what does all that mean for both of them? They made themselves some money. So when it comes to the Houston Texans or Indianapolis Colts or uh, Las Vegas Raiders or the Carolina Panthers, the teams in the top 10 that desperately need quarterbacks, they are going to be looking closer at Stroud and saying, ooh, so the film was validated at the NFL Combine. That's great. What about your athleticism? What about your speed? What about your agility? These are the questions we still have because none of those questions we had going into the Combine, those are not answered those are not altered no our opinion about that is still the same when it comes to Njigba what do I want him to do I just want to see him run some routes against the defense even if it's seven on seven I know this is not going to happen but I want to see seven on seven I want to see how he navigates the defense I want to see how he finds the holes in his own defense or how he breaks down man-to-man in the slot or on the outside to get a better picture about what he will be in the National Football League yeah didn't do much in 2022 which is why, if we just call 2021, wide receiver one. That injury, does it set him back? Probably not to some GMs. It might for others. Less TBD to be determined. But over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about Stroud. We're going to talk about Njigba. We're going to get some insight from people around Locked On that cover different NFL teams that might draft these guys and say, why do you think they fit here? Why do you think they don't fit here? We're going to get all that wrapped up here. At Locked On Buckeyes, over the next few weeks, mixed in with spring practice talk as we get closer to spring practice, the spring game, and the 2023 NFL Draft. A couple guys that are going to be drafted in the NFL Draft that didn't do themselves any favor are Ronnie Hickman and Cam Brown. Why do I make that statement about them? I'll tell you next right here on Locked On Buckeyes. This episode is brought to you by Bill Barr. Looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all of the fats and calories? Then you get to try a Bilt Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal 
is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, where you want to eat healthier, but don't want to compromise taste, then man, I've got just the thing for you. You gotta try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at a local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolates, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks again for making Locked On Buckeyes your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus here from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your fine podcast. So last week when we discussed the NFL Combine and talked about what players were participating on what day, Ronnie Hickman, Cam Brown, Luke Whippler, they were all guys that I discussed and said they need this opportunity. It's a great opportunity for them to showcase what they have in their bag to make more money. I mean, it's made for guys like them. Also, it's made for everybody, honestly. But guys like a Luke Whippler or a Ronnie Hickman or a Cam Brown or Jackson Smith and Jigba, or a Zach Harrison, a C.J. Stroud, literally everybody at Ohio State, minus Perry Johnson Jr., can use this opportunity to help themselves make more money. Perry Johnson Jr., the same way, but I don't think he's going to be losing money this weekend at the NFL Combine. And so on, I think it was Friday, we're supposed to get a Ronnie Hickman, Cam Brown at the Combine doing the on-field drills. Remember Cam Brown saying a 4-2-40 might be what he's looking at. I know Ronnie Hickman needs this drastically to show that he can move well in space. I know Cam Brown needs this drastically to move up draft boards. He missed a lot of games throughout his career, so he needs to show people what he can do on the field so that once he clears up medicals, he can make himself more money. And then we get these players that for some odd reason decide, hey, the combine – the biggest event, biggest draft event, 300-plus players are invited to this. It's an exclusive group. Oh, no, Ronnie Hickman, Cam Brown, we're not going to participate in on-field drills. That makes no sense to me. That, that doesn't make any sense at all. Now, you may want to say, Jay, Zach Harrison, he didn't participate either. He tweaked his hamstring. And if I know anything about tweaked hamstrings, if I got a bad hamstring, I am not trying to get out there and run no 40-yard dash or no 30-yard dash. 
or even just get off the line. Baby, that hurts. That hurts a lot. So I understand Zach Harrison tweaking his hamstring, not being someone that wants to go out there and participate in on-field drills on the 40, things like that. But when it comes to Ronnie Hickman and Cam Brown, they need this bad. I understand only wanting to run at your at your pro day. But if you're a player like them that needs this drastically, I mean, think about the last time you saw Cam First off, not last time you saw Cam Brown play. How many games did Cam Brown play this season? And in those games that he played this season, was he a consistently good player? Was he struggling at times? Was he somebody that had issues or weaknesses in his game that got exposed? Ronnie Hickman, how many games did he play this season? Did he have strengths? Were his weaknesses exposed? Are his weaknesses things that will make him get exposed in the National Football League? Think about that for a second. Those are reasons why these players, those two specifically, needed to participate in on-field drills at the combine. Because if you're going to tell me, if y'all going to tell me, okay, cool, I'll do it at the pro day, not doing it at the combine. If I'm an NFL coach, front office member, don't matter who it is. Why one, not the other? Are you a, a solid first-round pick? Is your tape that great that not participating in this event is going to be okay for you? You let me know. Because if I know anything about this draft, even the top guys, unless you're um, Will Anderson Jr., maybe even um, Carter from Georgia, the top two quarterbacks in this draft, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, they got question marks. One is better film than the other, but both have question marks about their game. So I don't know what it is he's got to be told where it's like, oh, no, you ain't got to do all this. Okay, great. Cool. Get that advice. Take the advice. And if it is something where you're falling in the draft, you're slipping in the draft, it may come up. Well, they didn't do anything at the combine. So it, it couldn't show if they're working on the weaknesses in their game. They need every opportunity they can find to show that they've been working, they've been grinding. If they put on weight, great. Now you can go through the measurements and things like that. But that on-field stuff is needed right now. And I understand, I understand more exposure, more film, more game tape, that can make you weaker in, in the eyes of the GM. It can make you stronger in the eyes of the GM. I understand there's a pro and con to all of it. But I'm always, I've always been a person. This goes back to when I was a youngster. I love football. I didn't always like practice. I didn't always like two-a-days. I didn't always like the grind or the 20-minute sled sessions. I didn't always like that stuff. But you know what? I understood, and I understand now more than I did back then, those are the moments that make me better as a player. Those are the moments that make me better and stronger and have they be more mentally tough as a player, as a person. And these two guys desperately, desperately needed this. What's the question mark for Ronnie Hickman? Moving in space. I mean, some of the drills, are, they're not really going to be having you guard a receiver one-on-one. -on -one. They're not going to go through those drills because the DBs and receivers don't even work out on the same days. So that's not going to happen. But you can show, hey, I can move in space. I know what the tape says. 
I know that me working out and doing this stuff very well is going to bring up some question marks. I'm cool with that. I am fine with that. Ultimately, I am here to tell, to show you I can work in space. I can move in space. Ronnie Hickman, you need that. Now, Cam Brown's more so – the biggest question mark around, about him is durability. Um, can he stay on the field? No, he's not. A, he's not a lockdown corner. Pretty good. Pretty good at tackling in space, but he's not. He's not. He's not a lockdown corner. And uh, so the biggest one for him is the durability. Now the medicals. You're still getting medically tested. You're still getting your height, your weight, all that stuff, and you can speak to the media. So you may want to say, Jay, why would somebody go to the combine if they're not going to do the on-field stuff? Because the medicals are really, really important, which which is a big deal at the combine. Also, speaking to the media is great, but being able to have and having access to all 32 NFL teams, and if they want to talk to you, they are there. That's that's huge as well. So as much as I am going to be a person that is not a fan of players not participating in on-field drills or not even doing the 225-pound bench press and see how many reps they can do with that, okay, cool, okay. But there's great access available to all these guys, to these NFL teams at the NFL Combine. One of the biggest question marks I mentioned about Cam Brown is literally his durability. I mean, <laughs> get a little insight into my uh, my personal life. I was talking to my fiance about players that were not participating in the NFL Combine. She does not know. She didn't know much about it, if anything at all. So I'm giving her um, details. These are the players at Ohio State that are at the Combine. She knew some of them. And um, she was like, okay, when is Stroud going to go out there? I told her when Stroud was going to go. Um going to watch some, some of that as well but also i told her well zach harris is not going to do the on-field stuff cam brown's not doing it ronnie hickman's not doing it this is a conversation we had either friday night or saturday morning one of the two. First response she had about any of those three players was about cam brown specifically and she said is he still hurt i mean durability is a question and I started covering the, uh, the Buckeyes for this podcast, hosting this podcast in 2020. In that season against Penn State, early, I think it was game number two, hurt himself. He got hurt. I believe he tore his ACL out for the season. Last year played a little bit. 2021 played a little bit. Had high hopes for Cam Brown and Denzel Burke in 2022. Burke didn't play his best football, had a sophomore slump. And Cam Brown got hurt once again. So durability is a question. And you can show, hey, durability, when I'm on the field, I do great things. And I can prove to you that I can do great things at this huge event when I'm on the field. No, it does not erase the tape. I'll say it once. I'll say it again. Nothing here erases the tape. But what it can do is it can show the NFL teams, coaches, scouts, members of the front office, that you're working on your weaknesses and ultimately you're working on them and you've been grinding. You're well-prepared for such an event as the NFL Combine. Would love to see that those guys participate. Ultimately, with the advice that they got, it was at the pro day they're going to do all their on-field stuff, not at the Combine. If I had to advise somebody, do it all, man. Do it all. Prove to them you're prepared. Prove to them you've been grinding. Prove to them that you're worth paying more money than they thought you were worth paying because of your work ethic, because you've been putting in that work. A team who's been putting in work, a little bit of work at the end of the regular season, 
is the Ohio State basketball team. They won two in a row. Ultimately, they were not able to spoil the senior night of the Spartans. The Buckeyes lost their final regular season game of the season. We'll discuss what happened there at the Breslin Center next right here on Locked on Buckeyes. Sports betting is now legal in Ohio, and Locked On has the perfect show to help new in-season gamblers. Download and subscribe to Locked On Bets for daily picks and analysis wherever you get your fine podcast. So I am always, always, always looking at teams and games with a critical eye. There are also times that I am watching these games, Buckeye football, Buckeye basketball, and at times... I let my fandom and maybe my emotions get in the middle of it. And that happened in this past weekend's game that Ohio State played Michigan State. I understand Breslin, Breslin Center, you're in East Lansing, Michigan. I saw the Spartan strong t-shirts that the Buckeyes players and Chris Holtman and the other coaches were wearing to support Michigan State um, after the horrible, horrific shooting that happened on the campus there. So I understand all of that. But in this game, I think there were times, I tell you on the show, they can win. I don't know. It would be amazing if they were able to spoil the senior night or senior afternoon, senior game at for Michigan State. But in this game, Buckeyes down 10, Buckeyes down 8, Buckeyes down 6, Buckeyes down 8, down 10, down 12. For some reason, I found myself with a way too strong belief that this team could win this game. They got good. They have some. Some. I'm gonna say the whole team good. They, they, they're full of good players. I'm not going that far. They have some good players that have been playing good down the stretch. Chris Holtman thought he found something great by playing four freshmen and starting them. Zed Key's injury. Okay, cool. Let's insert four freshmen and see how they play. They genuinely play very well together. However, in this game, the final score 84-78. The Buckeyes lose this contest. Lose their final regular season game. Finish their regular season. I believe. I believe with 12 wins. Atrocious. It's bad. As it started 10 to 3, only at 12 wins. That's really, really bad. But in this game, a couple things stuck out. In the first half, Michigan State made eight threes. I mean, that's 24 points. That's that's really, really good. First half lead was a um was Michigan State had the first half lead. Um, they went up they went into the break with a lead of 43 to 34. And you know what really stuck out to me with this? Not just the threes, but also transition defense. That was the only was bad, and that was the only way Michigan State was able to consistently take the lead. Now, was it just transition offense for Michigan State that was flowing very well defensively? They were making things hard for Ohio State as well. It went from a four-two lead Ohio State to a fifteen-zero run for Michigan State. I mean, they were just cooking and rolling. Part of them cooking and rolling, they were able to after an Ohio State make. Turn that into a transition run to transition offense and go into somewhat of a secondary break and go to the other end and get up quick threes. And Ohio State had no answer. So Ohio State and Michigan State getting off and turning a made basket by Ohio State into a transition opportunity for the Spartans. Ultimately, you go down, Buckeye scrambling on defense, pop, made another three. But go down, Buckeye scramble on defense, up, oh, guard him well, swing that thing a couple times. Yes. For the bad guys, Michigan State scores again. So ultimately, the transition opportunities for Michigan State, especially the ones that they created after a made basket, that's what created the lead. Even though Ohio State's offense was not consistently there in the first half and they did have a 15-0 run, 
it was all the transition opportunities that Michigan State had, including the ones that came after I made a basket. That was that was it. Like transition buckets alone, that's what got the lead. And Ohio State really couldn't had no answer. Second half was better. Buckeye scored 44 points in the second half. A lot, a lot more things are going good for the team. But ultimately, it was too little, too late, not enough for Ohio State. It was a Bruce and Bryce show once again. Thornton had 20 points. Cincinnati had 21 to lead all scores at Ohio State. Justice Sewing had 10 points. That's probably going to be a sweet spot. Sean McNeil off the bench had 11 points. The Buckeyes don't have enough good players. Don't have enough at all. If they had more good players, I'm not going to say the season would um, they would have 20 wins this year. But ultimately, the long losing streak and uh, was it 15, 15 losses out of 16 games or 16 losses out of 17 games, whatever it was, that would not be there. Chris Holtman desperately needs to work on recruiting. I understand there's a six foot ten kid coming in this upcoming recruiting class. Great. When you have Zed Key and you have Felix Akparo, do you really want to have another freshman in rotation because of his size? No. Go to the transfer portal. Size will help you, but also it's really hard to beat a team in Michigan State. It's their senior day when they had four guys score in double figures. Walker had 15. Joey Hauser had 16. Hogarth had 23. No, five guys in double digits. Excuse me. Hall had 10 and Aikens had 13. And a lot of this stuff was coming in transition and Buckeyes defense just not being that good. Chris Holtman needs to work on some things. I share my thoughts about Chris Holtman. I will share them again as the uh, offseason progresses and the Buckeyes season comes to an end. The Buckeyes have a game this coming, this coming week in the Big Ten Conference Tournament. If they happen to win Wednesday, I don't expect them to win on Thursday. I do not. Season's going to be over here very, very soon. We're going to have some real, honest, realistic conversations about Chris Holtman and the other members of Ohio State's basketball team. Fun, fun show. It's a Monday, first full week in the month of March. The combine is over. Pro day's coming up. Literally tomorrow, spring practice begins. The spring game starts. It not starts. It does start, and it is on April the 15th. The draft is at the end of April. A lot of good stuff coming for your Ohio State Buckeyes. We'll have it all right here at Lockdown Buckeyes. You can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. You can send all of your emails to jstevens317 at gmail.com. Thanks for making Lockdown Buckeyes your first listen today. For your second listen, check out our brand-new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your fun podcasts.